As we're knocking on the door of another weekend, we're welcoming you to walk on into another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gommerson. Hello, Adam. This is Andrew, and it's great to be with you on this Friday. We're just a couple weeks out from the East, from the Easter holiday, or as some prefer to refer, refer to it as the Resurrection Sunday. And so I think it's only appropriate that we talk about the movie Risen, which is currently in theaters. Um, I hope that as of the posting of this, you can still go to see it at your local theater. Um, if it's not in the main run theater, I know here in West Michigan we have a second run theater um, at the Woodland Mall, which may have it for an even reduced rate. So that would be great to go out and, and watch it maybe even tonight or sometime this weekend. Um, and we'll get into more detail, but first Adam has... A quote of the day. It's as if he wanted to be sacrificed. It's Punch's pilot from the movie Risen. And I, I have, I want to address this right off the top, and that is that some people say it wasn't that good because it didn't deal with the atonement. And I will say that it could have been much stronger in that area, but there's a lot of subtle wisdom here that's not necessarily, you know, out in front, punch you in the face type of evangelism, but it's still there if you're looking for it. And I really liked the way they did it. Um, the stuff that was extra biblical, I didn't feel was unbiblical. So I really liked that. And we'll get into that in more detail in just a moment. But first, let's listen to a trailer for the movie Risen. When the Messiah comes, Rome will be nothing. Until then. The Nazarene city would rise again after three days. We will lose peace and order if it's true. Will the people believe it? The weak will. There will be no other gods. Kill him. The tomb is sealed, guarded with your life. Tribune, Pilate summons you. The body has vanished. His tomb is empty. Where has he gone? You tell me. Already they're proclaiming him risen from death. The Emperor cannot arrive to unrest. We must find a body. Oh, no! Home the city for bodies dead in the last week. Take them up. Everyone. disciples. Where are they hiding his corpse? It was not his followers. Another body, sir. Just revealed. No. Who told you the Nazarene was alive? Mary Magdalene. You're looking for something you'll never find. Open your heart and see. No more lies. What happened to the body? The ropes, they just exploded. You should have returned by now. I have seen two things which cannot reconcile. A man dead without question. And that same man alive again. What frightened you? 
Imran, wagering eternity on it. All right, and that is the trailer for the movie Risen. So, as we move into this uh, podcast, Adam, do you have any initial thoughts about the movie? I thought it was good. I feel like the word that will be used the most from most people who go to see it is interesting. It was very interesting because you have the story of Jesus, the Easter story afterwards, told by pretty much a, a Roman soldier and his men, along with Pontius Pilate after. So, so many times we see, you know, what happens after Jesus rises, and that's a lot of times when a lot of films about that ends. But this continues several days after from that perspective. So I liked even what the um, the trailer had said, if you go to see it at YouTube, it says the story told from an unbeliever's view. So it was very interesting to see it from, from that side to see what happened. Like you said, they didn't really go outside of what was in the Bible that much, if, if not at all. And I really appreciated about that about the movie. Um, as I said, there, there were certainly some points that I wish would have been emphasized maybe a little bit more. But I think the thing I like the most about it is that it makes you think. Yeah. And hopefully it drives people to, like, you know, a lot of times when I watch a movie that's based on a book, I go to the book and I say, well, how close was this to the movie that was supposed to be portraying it? So hopefully people will do this with... um the book, but even like the quote I chose for the quote of the day is a perfect example of the subtle jabs at truth that they make because, because Pilate makes the statement. It's almost as if he wanted to be sacrificed. And that's, that's exactly true to an extent. I mean, Jesus didn't want to be sacrificed. He even said, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But he knew that, um, if he was sacrificed, then we could be free from our sin. And that's what we celebrate in this resurrection time, and as we um, focus a lot of times our devotions, and if we observe something for Lent, which I have thought about doing, but I've never actually done. I know Adam does some of that. And the reason for it is to focus ourselves so that we get prepared for this time of the year, just Mm -hmm. to reflect on what Jesus has done for us. And so I thought that was interesting because he did give up his life. You know, in the Bible, it says he saved others himself. He cannot save. But the reality is that if he had chosen to save himself at that moment in time, he wouldn't have been able to save us. Our chances for redemption would have been over. So I'm glad that he chose. Uh, You know, it wasn't that he couldn't save himself or, you know, it was that he wouldn't. And I think that's important. I also, along those same lines, one of the lines that stuck out to me is, tell, you know, they were talking to Mary Magdalene. They're like, if you tell us where the body is, we'll let you go. And she, well, we, maybe we'll set you free. And she said, I am free. Mm-hmm. So that was another one of those subtle things where it might not have been as blatant as we would like it, but it was there. It was, it was, I'm free because Jesus set me free. And so, um, it's also interesting because the Romans remember her as a, as a harlot, which I don't know why the Bible, um, portrays her as that, like as a prostitute. Because there's really no solid biblical ground on that. There's different theories about that. But anyway, that's how they remember her. But then when they go looking for her, they don't find her there because she has a different life in Christ. And we know for a fact that seven demons were cast out of her. So she did have a life, major life change, whether or not she was a prostitute or not. So I just thought that was really interesting. So 
as we um, go into this, we talked about that it's pretty close to the Bible. Mm-hmm. But was there anything specific, positive that stuck out to you as you were watching it? Um, I, I really liked. There were there were several little hidden things in the movie that I noticed towards the end. I was kind of reflecting back to. There was a time where, like, um, the main Roman soldier, whose name was uh, Clavius, they had Mary Magdalene, and they were questioning her, trying to find the body. And, you know, they were asking, like, you know, well, how do you, how do you know he's alive? And, you know, where's the body? And she's like, you know, you're, you're missing, missing the point. I'm obviously saying this in 2016 terms. <laughs> but, you know, she said, you know, it, it's not something you can just, you just, like, see. It's like, she's talking about it's on the inside. You know, Christ, Christ is in your heart. Yeah, and uh, I like through that how they also presented the um, events that happened to Jesus in a way where if somebody maybe hadn't heard the gospel before or maybe hadn't read you know the Bible that it, it did a good job kind of going step by step what had happened from the crucifixion and that hit me like you know maybe somebody brought their friend who just you know didn't know about Jesus much or heard about him once and that's it now they're seeing visually these steps afterwards and on the main part of how he conquered death. Uh, those were the things I, I really liked about the movie. Well, and one thing that I thought was interesting about it is the, this whole search for Jesus' body, because I always believed, based on what it said in Matthew about the priests paying off the guards to to say that the disciples stole the body, I always have had this thought in my mind that they intellectually believed that Jesus rose from the dead, but they didn't want to accept the spiritual implications. Yeah. Because they wanted to be in control. They wanted to be the popular ones. And so to accede to the reality in a spiritual way would mean that they lost control. And so this whole idea that they were actually trying to to look for a body that wasn't there was actually kind of an interesting take on it. And it's kind of interesting because they found a body that looked kind of similar, but you could tell that neither Pilate or Clavius thought it was the right person. But he's like, this is all the people need. They just need a body. And I just thought that was kind of interesting because mm-hmm. at that point it wasn't even about making sure it was the right one. It was just like, let's put this behind us by, you know, by putting forth the best front, which is ironically in some sad ways, the way we do politics a lot of times today is, is to try to sweep things under the rug, which is not a good thing. Um, uh, positives. I, I, I think that we saw in Clavius an honest seeker. I really liked the way he sought the truth. And then he, when he saw Jesus face-to-face, that part in the trailer when they're reading a note from him that he left in the upper room, says, I've, I've seen some th- two things I can't uh, reconcile. A man dead, and three days later, that man alive again. You know, and, and just the solid implications of that statement. Like there's no two ways about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can debate whether he would have been there in the upper room, but I didn't think that that Liberty took away from the truth of the Bible. And I, I thought it was kind of neat just to see him come face to face with the truth and just be like, not being able to deny it. You know, I often wonder, you know, if Jesus could appear to Paul, why doesn't he appear to more people? Um, especially here in America. Like if he appeared to our president, for instance, and, and, and talk to him about how his policies have gone against the word of God. Or if he, even if after, shortly after his resurrection, if he had appeared to Caiaphas, who put him on trial, 
uh, what would that be like? But I also know that Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine. So he's not going to waste a lot of time with people that have chosen not to believe him. So you have to reconcile those things, and that can be kind of difficult when you're thinking about the truths of the Bible. But it is nonetheless true. And now let's think about some negatives about the movie. Adam, let's start with you. There were a couple scenes that kind of came off as unbelievable in the sense of like, I know there's a couple of times where uh, Clavius was talking with Pilate and they had like a couple of comical moments, which were funny, but I was like, I kind of felt like they're going for comedy in the sense that like the characters wouldn't have really said that. So I was kind of like thrown off for a moment. And then there was um, one scene where with, um, it was one of the uh, disciples they were questioning. I think it was uh, Bartholomew. And, um, you know, he, he was so happy about um, Bartholomew, that Bartholomew had seen Jesus, so he was happy. And, um, but it, it, I don't know, it kind of came off weird how he was, like, so happy. It was almost like like goofy college kid happy, <laughs> like, in a way during this scene. And it just seemed, uh, like, a little, I don't know, a little unbelievable for me compared to, and maybe it's because I've just seen the theme of the other movies about, um, you know, Jesus' death and resurrection. So a couple of those things threw me off a, a little bit. Uh, through the movie, um, and at the end there was uh, the main character who was kind of uh, following with the disciples that wasn't in the Bible, but I know it was part of the movie, and they didn't go off of Scripture or anything, but I was like, okay, I'm just riding a fine line there. So um, th- those, those are the things that kind of stuck out to me, like, oh, I'm thinking about that a little bit. Yeah, I, I definitely think that that some of the humor was a little bit off-kilter, and I kind of didn't like the whole thing where the the guard that got in trouble and was paid to lie was in a bar drinking because then that takes away his credibility too as to believing the true story. Yeah. You know, if he's sitting there drunk and he's telling the true story of what happened, which he basically outlines this is what really happened and this is what they paid us to tell you, I think that kind of takes away the credibility. And, you know, there's nothing to say that they weren't drinkers. But there's nothing to say that that adds uh, to the story, and it definitely doesn't add to the credibility of the story, so I didn't really like that. And then, as I said, it doesn't really talk a whole lot about um, why Jesus died. And I think we do need to be clear as we're going through this life about the why behind Jesus' death. You know, I've heard people say, well, it was just an ultimate uh, display of love, and it was that. But Jesus wouldn't have hung on the cross. The creator of the world wouldn't have hung on the cross if it didn't have to happen. He was perfect. There was no reason that he had to die except because he wanted to save you and I. And so I think it's important for us to keep that in mind as we are um, as we are going forth and as we are uh, continuing to share the gospel. That being said, I do believe that this film is a good springboard into those discussions. And I, you know, I think it's a good, um, it's a good thing because there's a lot of skeptics in the world. So Mm -hmm. having it from a skeptic's perspective was definitely refreshing in a way because of that. All right, so did you have an ultimate favorite part of the movie? I think my favorite part, and 
I don't I don't want to like spoil it, but I think my favorite part was when he had uh come face to face with Jesus. Um and as as the movie went on, especially towards the end, there was a, just a face Clavius had through his whole duty as Roman soldier, which was a very, very straight face. Very straight, very stern, you know, you could tell, like you said, man looking for the truth, he had a mission. And towards the end of the movie, once he saw Jesus and was walking with the disciples, as he looked back to say goodbye, he smiled. And I thought it was interesting, once he had seen Jesus and once he had walked, you could see in his facial expression, a, a changed man. And I was like, well, that's pretty symbolic of even in today's life, in our in our faith walk, of how that is so true. Absolutely. And I I liked a similar part when he's actually, because there's a point where he's in, where they're in the, the, the desert of Galilee and, and they're talking to Jesus and uh, Clavius can't sleep. And so he walks up on one of the cliff edges and talks to Jesus and Jesus says, what do you want? And he basically repeats Clavius's wish list from earlier in the film all the things he wants and then he says well the way to do that is to know him which i thought it was interesting that he said know him instead of know me yeah as yeah as jesus i didn't think about that because if he said know me it would have been even clearer mm-hmm. but it really is true that the way to those things the way to peace the way to fulfillment the way to have the answers the way to get rid of your fear because you know he says that he has a big fear of being wrong um you know the way to get rid of those things is to place them at the feet of jesus and so I think that it is um, an important thing. And then, do you have a least favorite part? Uh, least favorite part? I Boy, you know, I think for me, it, it might have been that scene with Bartholomew. Just because, I don't know, it, it like you said, they were kind of going for like the comedic place. So it, it seemed at some moments so out of place. I was like, this seems... Kind of unbelievable. So I don't know. It was it was just kind of odd for me. I didn't care. Now, are it. you talking the about the initial scene where they're interviewing him? After, yes, yes. After, this is before uh, Clavius has, has met Jesus or any of that, and they're they're bringing people in to question where where mm-hmm. is his body. And there's a scene where they brought in Bartholomew, the first disciple he met. And the interesting thing about that scene is that it takes a quick turn because then he then he, they're like, well, what if what if we take your life? And he's like, well, if you must take my life, take it now. Yeah. And they're like, but didn't you run away when, you know, and then they start talking about crucifixion. And he says, well, you didn't witness the crucifixion because you weren't there because you ran away. And mm-hmm. just, just the guilt that was written on Bartholomew's face when that happened. It's just another one of those subtle truths from Scripture that's not blasted from the housetops of the movie, but really comes through. And um, I would say my... My least favorite goes back to that drunk guard in the in the bar, you know, just because I, I felt like, like I said, again, it kind of took away from the credibility of the whole thing that happened. You know, they, 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 again, I think they caught, they caused them to lie, not because they didn't believe the original story, because why would you have to pay them to tell a different story? Right. If you didn't believe the first story in the first place, but rather because... They wanted to hang on to their popularity. So I would have done that scene a little different. Um, all right. And this may seem obvious, but I'm interested to see what you'll say. What would you say is the biggest lesson 
that you got from the film? I would say to keep searching for the truth, even if you are already a believer, even if you maybe just have had Jesus in your life in the past year, um, keep pursuing that truth. So it can be easy many times to feel like, you know, you kind of want to give up or this other thing that sounds easier or something. Oh, that'd be easier to slide to. But keep pursuing the truth like, like Clavius did. He, he didn't give up. Even after a time where I think Pontius Pilate said, hey, I need you on this other mission now. He kept, he kept searching. There's something in him that was like, I got to keep going. And that stuck with me through the whole film. And I would point out, uh, piggybacking on what you said, that is a lot of times people say that they're seekers. But they're really skeptics because mm. they never really get over that hump mm-hmm. because they they just, you know, in some part of them, whether it's their subconscious or whatever, they just kind of don't choose to go all the way. But the Bible says that if you seek, you will find. And that's the mark of a true seeker is that they will find truth. And that's what happened with Clavius in this movie. He didn't just get 80% of the way there and and walk away he got to the point where he saw jesus and um none of us here in the studio have seen jesus physically but we we know what it's like to we know what it's been like to encounter jesus spiritually and to know him in a personal way and i would just encourage our audience to make sure that they're seeking jesus especially this time of year as we celebrate the resurrection as we you know are getting excited for uh, Palm Sunday and for Easter coming up that we would that we would do those things um, in a mind of saying look at this great thing that God did for us and just look at things from a new perspective and if you haven't trusted Christ yet what what a better way to spend your Easter than knowing that you have embraced the power of resurrection for your own life so I just think that's a, a pretty awesome thing think about so to me the biggest lesson is if you seek you will find and and god is good and he will meet people where they are he doesn't uh ask them to naturally be where they should be because if he did we would never know none of us would ever measure up but he meets them where they are you know thomas had a hard time believing so jesus came to him and said touch my hands touch my feet feel my side and know that i am who i said i am and um he says the same thing to us today. He wants to meet us where we are, but he doesn't leave us there. He helps us to improve and to grow. Um, and so my hope is that you will uh, embrace that this Easter, that you'll take the opportunity to see this film. And uh, hopefully uh, more films like this get made because I think it's a really familiar story from a really unique perspective, and that makes it pretty exciting. All right, Adam, the moment of truth. How would you rate this film, five being best, one being worst? I would give it uh, three and a half out of five stars. I thought it was I thought it was really good. There were a couple little things here or there, but otherwise um, I thought it was a fairly solid faith movie. I would give it a very similar um, – I was – I at one point I was going to go four, but I think three and a half is a good place to place it. Just because if it had if it had the more if it had the gospel slightly more explicitly uh, laid out, then I would have gone a little higher. But I still think it's worth seeing. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I think it's a good springboard to say, okay, 
you know, maybe the film doesn't answer directly, but maybe that's the question you ask your unbelieving friend who's sitting there with you watching it. Why do you think Jesus had to die? And what were the ramifications of his resurrection? See, these are the things that you can ask in your group discussions after the movie. And, and if you watch it with your kids, which it is rated PG-13 uh, for some content, but it's not a hard PG-13. And so your your mid to older teens uh, can enjoy it with you and maybe even some younger kids with your discretion. It's not as graphic as The Passion of the Christ. No. Um, but there no. are a couple places where it, it gets a little, at least implied graphic. And so you want to use caution, but it is a good discussion starter, and I hope that it can be a tool in your hands as you continue um, to raise your kids and to encourage others um, to follow Christ. Well, that's all we have for you this week. I hope that you will uh, take advantage of seeing this movie in theaters to communicate to um, the box office that we want more films like this made and that you will have a wonderful week. And as always, keep serving the best masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 